This is the Wizard's Nightshirt Podcast, Episode 80, Part 2. assumed the boogaloo was implied. Okay, welcome back to the Wizard's Nightshirt as we continue our She-Ra and the Princesses of Power viewer's companion. I'm Rebecca, and here with me are Princess Alliance members in good standing. <laughs> His princess power is tumbling. It's Will. Uh, log roll. Log roll. <laughs> And he's in charge of all the zip lines in Etheria. <laughs> it's Princess Scott. Zip lines. <laughs> that I, is, got, I got nothing. That's, that's, I was trying to think of a zip There line was a little sound. Z in there. I heard some zipping. It's an onomatopoeia. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> How about that? Scott is zip lining now. Yeah. Hello. At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we reviewed a whole dang lot of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and She-Ra Princess of Power, and now we are reviewing new Motu properties and occasionally revisiting original series episodes that we missed or glossed over. So today we're going to continue walking you through the Netflix series She-Ra and the Princesses of Power and give you the perspective of a bunch of old millennials slash exennials mm -hmm. who are intimately familiar with the original series. Okay, well... Let's get back into it. Yay! For the honor of So, uh, I thought I would get us now to start talking generally about feelings that we have. So I'm going to name a feeling or a, or, or a prompt, and we're all going to go around and share our something. Something we feeling. blank. Something we blank. Okay. Okay. Something you loved mm -hmm. in the show. I've got an answer. I don't like have to go first, like, though. Like, is it like a lightning round? No. You can go <laughs> Purple. as... Purple. Oh. <laughs> So, okay, so Scott loved purple. There was a lot of good purple. <laughs> here, buddy. Come here. Hold on. The dog needs to go a bit. Come here. Can you do it? Can you do it? Oh, he was so brave. He walked under a microphone cord. How could you do it? You're the bravest dog that ever was. Sorry, I had to make fun of the dog. <laughs> Something I loved uh, in this was the, the world building in it. Um, I feel like I understood the function of the princesses and how the government worked. Uh, and I feel like I understood each side's strategy. And I had a sense of the history from the lineage and from Glimmer's family. And they had the first ones had the old artifacts that sort of hinted at the old civilization. So you knew how old the planet was. And it just added a lot of depth. And it was a, it was a good touch. Oh, they also had that nice uh, VI, like the, the virtual intelligence from the uh, first ones there. Uh, it's sort of like, uh, it reminded me of like in Mass Effect, how the Protheans had the little guy you could interact with. But it was a great, clever way for, the, for her to be able to interact with that old civilization and learn about She-Ra and everything. I, I was fascinated with that whole thing. I loved it. I would also say for our ne next podcast, which I'm threatening to always make you do, um, the uh, Light Hope character was very much like Synergy from oh, Gem and the Holograms. yeah, that's true. A purple lady in a machine who's like, you know, your connection to your superpowers. That's, yeah. It's, it's kind of a thing. But, uh, yeah. That's true. No, I, I enjoyed that as well. Administrator. What is this thing? That is your query. think it's some kind of ancient hologram. That is your query. Uh, hi. What is this place? What was the something... You loved one of you. <laughs> I'm a good us. host. Porter. <laughs> yeah, Porter is Porter is uh, trying to get pets from Scott. He loves pets. Re Rebecca, what was the thing you loved? It was mine's long. I'll have to talk about Rebecca's. Right. So, <laughs> Rebecca's <laughs> Rebecca's long. Yeah, wait. she likes long. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll have to, fight. We'll have to play ping pong or something. It's her turn. Scott, what's what? What did you I love? I like purple. 
Scott loved purple. All right. I can do mine. No, it's, it's fine. I, I, I can do it if, if you want to prepare your long. Yeah, one. I, I got to think about it a little bit. Okay. All right. So I, I liked how endearing a lot of the, the characters were and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, uh, just like, even like, you know, Swift Wind and stuff like that was just, just I, I think, cleverly done. I wish, I wish he kind of helped out more. <laughs> uh, but like he kind of like was just off doing his own thing and i get it i get it because of the way that it, it, he turned into swift wind or whatever but like even a lot of like the little the little like um this happening Por- porter is climbing onto a very small uh, stool ottoman yeah to i don't know what he what his plan is i think he wants okay. to get pets better i don't, I don't know yeah, i don't know what he thinks he's doing he doesn't a, know all right so He's not been zapped with a sword. He's not super like Swift Wind. And uh, I, I think a lot of the subtle humor, especially with uh, Scorpia and um, Catra, and Catra there. Um, there was a couple other ones that were like between Bo and Glimmer and and um, Adora and stuff like that. Just like just little, little one-liners, and even like the like the little like extra things. I mean, I, I like the whole world, and I love that, but I, I really like the the small touches that kind of like you. I I've wa- I watched it a couple times through, and like you don't. I didn't catch a lot of the stuff for the first time through, and then going back through it, I caught like a little like the just like the subtle jokes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're like, that's you know, that's that's what well, kind of makes I, it. I know what you're talking about. There was one. There's one joke that I just can't shake that I just loved so much when. Uh, uh, Queen Angela was talking about her family history a little bit, and it was going a little fast. And Adora just asked for a little clarification about, like, so wait, your mom's sister is whatever. And then Bo leans over to Adora, is real concerned, and he was like, Adora, do you not know what an aunt is? And I thought it was so <laughs> was really funny because he was like really concerned, oh, like, no, what is wrong like, with what you? Was it the second episode, or the third episode? And it's like, and he's like, you know, like Bo's like, oh, you don't, you know, your birthday or whatever. And then he's like. You don't have birthdays. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, like, He's so horrified about what life must have been like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was very endearing. I, I did really wind up enjoying the characters a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I laughed out loud several mm-hmm. times. And I was surprised. Like, not, you know, not by the end of the show. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is funny. But I, I you know, like, I, they've had some good one-liners in there. Um yeah, it was really good. Glimmer looks just like him, you know. He had a beard. Wait, Glimmer's dad was your brother? Adora, do you know what aunt means? Well, gives your long okay, answer. Okay, well, this is a this is a well. That's a good segue into okay. my long answer. We'll let you know if you need to speed up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will, you will interrupt me. Uh, we'll start talking about Superman. It's like spin. <laughs> You're it's like, like <laughs> it's like spin when the music when the music speeds up. You have to speed up. <laughs> no, seriously. What what's your okay what's your... okay 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 okay. So um. Actually, them making one-liners was one way that they frequently undercut the tension Uh on this show. And so, okay, if you'll remember when we did the original series, She-Ra, I was always just like, ah, really wanting the show to get dark and stay Mm -hmm. dark because there were some fantastic scripts. They had some great writers working on that show. Bob Forward did a great five-part arc like they they had some fantastic writing and some fantastic episodes but i was like oh i want she were to be dark and gritty and the show was always really unbalanced because they had these excellent storylines on the one hand but then on the other hand they're like sell more toys mm-hmm. Loki needs to be in every episode mm-hmm. and like you know like it can't be too scary And so they had to try to balance these seemingly impossible tasks because they just didn't know how to write a good... Uh They they didn't know how to balance that in the 80s. They were still learning. And um, in the new series, I found that they really did an excellent job of using humor to undercut the tension. Which allowed them to get away with darker stories. Exactly. So they got to be dark because they always had a quip or a one-liner. You know, like after they've had their moment, they always had somebody there being endearing or funny to undercut that tension. Okay, so so I say all that to say that the darkness was my thing that I loved about this show. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I didn't have enough time, but I, 
I know you want to talk about the mother relationship. Oh my lord! Oh my sassy molassy. So okay, the big <laughs> metaphor. Rebecca's a nineteen forty-six baseball player right now. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now who wants to give me some giant britches to put up to my ears? She hit it past third base. That's a home run. <laughs> I <laughs> don't know how to play baseball. Anyway. <laughs> I ain't doping because it's not been invented yet. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm just, just an drunk. old... I was going <laughs> <laughs> They go the opposite back then. Babe, Babe the Ruth old... was drunk most of his most uh, time playing. Opium helps me back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sponsored I... by Opium. <laughs> <laughs> and other opium type of things. <laughs> opium for headaches. Opium for yes. For diarrhea. <laughs> and will help you play ba- baseball very well. <clears throat> Speaking of diarrhea, tell us about darkness in the in the motherhood story. Seriously, it, yeah. Oh, seriously. Um, no, but the big metaphors in the show were so expertly done they were things that i you know you could see glimpses of in the original series but they just never really got to play with it um one thing that was not in the original series but i think really is is a strong component of this one is i actually really love the uh coming of age and puberty metaphor that uh-huh. Shira and her powers represent uh-huh. Because I love how Adora in this series does not have control over her powers, really. She's trying to figure them out. Like, Porter, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm making a bed better. I'm making the ground better. He scratched his pillow out of his bed, and now he's just... Okay. There we go. There we go. He lay down. Um, but anyway, the, it's a metaphor, you know, for puberty because you suddenly have this very weird, awkward thing going on with your body and you're becoming a new person and you're trying to figure it all out. And um, I think that that was really helpful for, you know, a younger audience. You know, these what? aren't grown-ups that they're, they Sorry, are. Sorry, I, 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 uh... Oh, yeah, no. No, I, I, just... I, I didn't think of it that way, I guess. But yes, I'm, I'm, I, agree, I agree with that. Sorry, I didn't mean to, like... Oh yeah, just, no, no. You're processing. Right. I, was, I, I was thinking more like uh, a later on, where you're, you're, you know, you're going to college and something like that, and you're like leaving your, your maybe family life and stuff like that, and then moving to another life. Like if you've gone out of state or whatever. Yeah. You're, you're like, there's you're a lot of way to, be, to access it. You're yeah. Trying to find, yeah. You're trying to find yourself basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's a story of maturing and and mm-hmm. and so forth. Yeah. There and there are a lot of different ways you can look at that. So I really I did enjoy that. For the honor of Grayskull. For the honor of Grayskull. Honor of Grayskull. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Come on, Glimmer's counting on me. Don't leave me hanging here. For the honor of Grayskull! And then, of course, (coughs) this story as written, I think, is just a really beautiful but really accessible way of talking about trauma Mm -hmm. and uh, difficult parentage, let's say. Um, the relationship between Sh- Adora and Shadow Weaver is really, really explored in this one. And I always wanted them to, mm-hmm. to get into that in the original series, and they, they never did. And, um, oh, gosh, it's just, it's so good because the way that they write it, they clearly had this in mind. I mean, you know, she... That's probably the meat of why you would want to tackle this story. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she experiences regret she knows she has been exposed to manipulation even she and Catra talk about how they know they're manipulated by shadow weaver and in the horde but well you know it'll be different when we're in when we're in charge we can run things the way we want to and um this is a story of adora realizing that everything she's known is not right and it's hard you know it's 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 a hard thing for you know anyone to come to on well, Earth. What, I've, what, I've, <laughs> what I've heard people talk about uh, trauma and family relationships, it seems like a big part of that is kids who went through it together will compare notes often, and then sometimes the narratives will be different. 
about what happened. And you can sort of see why Catra and Adora respectively grew up to the different people because of the different ways they navigated that trauma. Oh, yeah. And the different way that, you know, trauma doesn't happen equally to the, you know, to the same people, uh-huh. even in a family, like because of toxic dynamics and mm-hmm. triangulation mm-hmm. And, and, and things like that, you will not have the same experience as, say, your sibling. And um, they even have an episode, which we'll get into a little bit later, but where you see Adora is basically suffering from PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> like, like basically. And for a cartoon that children can watch and enjoy, I thought it really did a good job of touching on these really difficult subjects and in making the emotional core really what the story revolves around. <laughs> I mean... And you could see, you know, same, by contrast, you know, you can see why Catra... Um, ended up sort of having that survival uh, mentality. You can see how her worldview is like totally, totally different and how, you know, people aren't just innately evil. You can see how she was made. Exactly. It was interesting. Yeah. And you can have sympathy for her mm-hmm. and you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and every time, you, and you know, wonder, like, if you're the product of that stuff and how much control I actually have. If Adora had been on that end, you know, would she have been the same? We were just playing. Insolent child. I've come to expect such disgraceful behavior from you, but I will not allow you to drag Adora down as well. Right, yeah, if she if she had been told that she was constantly not the best, but rather the second best, and she knew that she was never as good as someone else. I, I didn't know if we'd have a chance to get in the weeds, but since we brought it up, I just wanted to mention at the, at the you know, at the very end of the series, you know, when they're going against Katra, and is saying they're going to be defeated, I almost felt like, I couldn't help but identify with Catra. See it from her perspective. I mean, of of course, it. I could imagine Catra making an argument that it's so easy to do the right thing when it's easy to do the right thing. It just seems like Adora's life, by contrast, was just lined up for her to be a shining beacon of hope and getting to be the hero and mm-hmm. everything. And Catra's like, ah, it must be nice. You know, right. because I've had to uh, survive, and um, maybe my role isn't as glamorous, you know? And, it's interesting. And Cantor has a very, very legitimate point about loyalty. You know, like, you can say that you value all these good and wonderful things, but I'm the one who's here and, you know, sticking with all the people that you know and love, and you mm-hmm. should be here for them. And uh, that can be a really difficult thing to navigate, you know, when you're leaving toxic situations, if you're talking about families. Mm-hmm. Um, Wow, that's that's really true. Oh yeah? When you left, who do you think took the fall for you? Who was protecting me then? You don't have to let Shadow Weaver treat you like that anymore. You can leave, just like I did. Oh, because I need to follow you everywhere you go? I didn't mean it that way. I don't want to leave. I I agree with all the stuff that you're saying. Um, uh, The the one thing that bothered me kind of was in the beginning when... uh, they kind of like made Catra not care or not, you know, because she like she, she came late to the training and everything else. Like it was like they were they were already setting it up to be, uh-huh. like. But the thing is, is like I, it it's like she didn't care. But then I, I mean, I guess later on you, you realize why she didn't care, why she didn't you know try as hard or whatever. But like if she did try as hard and then got beat down, she'd, also she'd be more sympathetic. Yeah, you, you'd be uh-huh. more sympathetic to her because, I, and I don't know why they set it up that way. Like in, in the beginning, like I guess to in set the pilot, up, they need a shorthand to say this this kind of person is this kind of person. But yeah, if you were taking it from the long view, of course, you're right. You know, she might have been more sympathetic. And they did have a moment, you know, where Catra. I, I think it's when they're in the Citadel and they're having their big girl confrontation with each other. It's somewhere in there where Catra essentially says, "I always did care," you know. Oh, by yeah. the way, okay. You know, but I had to act like I didn't. And uh, it was a really interesting reveal, too, because, again, people's behavior, ugh, it always has a reason. And if you think about it enough, you can find sympathy for anybody. Like, it's, 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 yeah, the the show made me uh, really feel for everyone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, so, yeah, there was, there was, there was a lot to love there. There was, there was, and I loved that. And I loved that because a fight between two people is so much more interesting if it's rooted in real emotion. Yeah, whenever they had a battle, it had that emotional uh, undercurrent. So, the darkness is beautiful. It is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) 
bring it, bring it full circle, bro. Bring it full circle. Well, so the opposite of that, then, what is something I didn't care for? Something I something or, or, you didn't or like, or maybe even if we wanted to lighten it up, what's something you might have changed or want to explore differently? Maybe sure, okay. sure. If you wanted to take the teeth yeah, out, yeah. If you can wanted I, to change my thing, yes. <laughs> please, please. I understand why they did this because of um, the way that they set up the story and the 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 stones and everything else were tied into you know, magical powers and, like, you know, Glimmer had to recharge herself and everything. Shadow Weaver. Uh-huh. Shadow Weaver is awesome. Yeah. And she was awesome in this series and stuff like that, but then they made her not awesome by, you know, basically Hordak letting Catra, you know, take over and all this stuff and, like, take away... She basically took away... Shadow Weaver's power by taking away the Rune Stone mm-hmm. because she has to recharge herself with the Rune Stone. Mm. I mean, I, it's kind of selfish, but I really like her as a character, and I thought mm-hmm. she was even good in this series. And you know, like uh, how bad she was and everything else because she was just a terrible person. And I, I felt like they shouldn't have tied as much to that. And I get why they did it, but I hope that in series. Uh, series two that kind of comes back, mm-hmm. she comes back around, which I think she, she has. Will. She has. Yeah. I, yeah. I would hope so too. Yeah, but yeah, like I see what you're saying because like with the way that they set the story up, she is essentially powerless. And after making her, you know, such a powerful figure in the first season, you know, you there's no way they could just leave her so broken and defeated. And I also don't like. For the sake of uh, just the character, I don't like her being so powerless uh-huh. because that was something I know we always wanted to see in the first series. We we're like, oh, I'm going to see she Shadow Weaver. Yeah, I want to see her get her chance. In a way, maybe she will. Chance. Maybe she's got a reason now to like go out and do some big things. Oh, maybe so. So, so that'll be good. Oh, and try because Hordak betrayed her mm-hmm. basically. And yeah. Now, well, actually, that yeah, that's. That could be that's good. a good point. Well, that's a good dangling it's, 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 it's a good setup for that's like true. setting up another storyline mm-hmm. for her to actually seek out a new way to get power. I was oh, unsettled. Was I was unsettled too when her gemstone broke. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It was upsetting. Oh, and, and the uh, voice actor, I think her Lorraine Toussaint, I think is her name, Toussaint. Um, she was fantastic. Oh too. boy, she was good. She just had such just a beautiful bitterness and just just such a sharp voice and i just it was it was it was amazing i loved it uh that that was one of the things i was going to talk about that that was very similar how i was going to describe it she's she's almost got like this like disney villain uh quality to it where it's like uh it was like really motherly and and kind of soft it had like this poison under it i mean it was just so good yeah she, it was it's good. V, uh, v from orange is the new black oh yeah that's right she was yeah, she did play v on so orange is the new black she that's was right. fantastic but anyway she didn't mean to adora you must do a better job of keeping her under control <laughs> do not let something like this happen again Oof. um i would say yeah. one thing that uh I wanted to explore a little differently and I'm going to couch it that way too, because I liked it so much. And this was probably just a personal opinion. And this is going to be really funny because I think Scott probably felt differently by some of the things he said, but, um, I would have, I would like to see Swift win. <gasps> Mine was about Swift win too. Reined in a, uh, <laughs> forget the metaphor. Like I'd like to see him be a little more like, um, uh, reserved. I think he'd be a funnier energy because him going all out and just being like one of the crew shoulder to shoulder, I feel like he, it just wasn't as interesting a dynamic. I think he was too wide open after he could talk. And I want to see him being a funnier, more serious foil. Um, but again, that might just be me. I feel like it got a little t- into anime did, territory for did, me. Did, did you want him to be more dry? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could. Yeah, so, I'm so it's similar. not so silly. Yeah, I just feel that energy would work a lot better with that group. There's already a lot of energy. There's it's already fine. a lot of silly. Yeah, yeah. That is true, and I that's that's funny because my thing was actually about Swiftwind. And he as was well. funny. He was fine. They had some really good gags with Swiftwind and his transformation from regular horse yeah. to being hit by the sword. 
and uh, then becoming, you know, unicorn fight and fabulous. And then we don't see him for a while. And when he comes back, which was also fun. I it was. That. It was fun. Well, I, did, some... did, did you catch that? that? They said that there was a horse or whatever eating apples or like yeah, stealing apples. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a winged horse. They they had some yeah they had some great gags about it. And I really did enjoy all of those. But then when Swift Wind comes back at the end of the series and he can talk. I, I agree. I would like to have seen him a little less silly. And I guess a lot of it has to do with my fondness for the original Swift Me Wind. Me too. Because I loved the original Swift Wind. I loved the voice. I loved the character. Like, this, this stalwart man horse is hilarious. <laughs> like, you know. And, he just um, needs to be, like, mellifluent. I mean, he's just... Yeah. And I just, I really enjoyed the original Swift Wind. And I don't know that I cared for this take on him so much. And, but, I, and maybe, you know, you know, a lot of times after you see the first season run, you get a chance to tinker with things. Maybe maybe they'll do all, make all kinds of adjustments. I maybe don't know. Maybe so. And then, of course, they had to give him, like, a point of view. Yeah, his, which, was, which was funny. His point of view after he, he becomes sentient and can talk. Well, he was already sentient, but, you know, like, human sentience mm-hmm. um, and can talk is that he's like, hey, I just realized all these horses are in prison, and I just, like, went and freed all the horses, which was funny. And <laughs> I did, funny. like, I do like that of him being, like, a, a rebel of his own, of yeah. his own kind. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just I don't know. I just I really love the partnership between She-Ra and Swiftwind in the original series. Yeah. And I, I would have liked to I don't know. I, ooh, that wasn't my favorite thing. I, I and I, I I agree with the relationship wise. I don't feel like they met what my expectations were for that relationship at all. Like between him and him and She-Ra. Yeah. Like there just wasn't there at all. It was just like him he he became like his own character which uh, you know, it, it is what it is, but you know, uh, yeah, I wish there was more camaraderie between him and her. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would definitely have liked to have seen that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, okay. agreed. Our horse. I am my own horse. Call me Swiftwind. <laughs> Our horse can talk. Yeah, yeah, I can speak my mind now. Pretty crazy. So, I'm thinking... He's a talking horse! As we've established, now. He has wings! So, we told him. (laughs) Um, Next, something that surprised me while watching the show. I can go first. Please do. Okay, please do. Something I wasn't expecting about the show. I liked the fight scenes, and Uh I liked the action. Hmm. Uh-huh. And I did not expect that. I never do. I am bored by every bit of action. I'm like, just do the punching, and then in the end, I will pay attention again, and I will look up for my book or whatever. I never really like fighting. So you're like the opposite of a T-Rex. If there's something moving, you can't see it. Yeah, I'm like, everyone sit still <laughs> and talk about to. their feelings, okay? You need to be silent. Uh, no. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, I really, yeah, I don't really care for it. But I think the fight scenes were very cleverly executed, and like I have already mentioned, they were all rooted in um, a conflict either between Shira and Katra, or um, I, I mean, like it, all it's, the fights were stories. All the fights were stories, first of all. But then I also just even enjoyed watching them as they were choreographed okay. because I think that they were really elegantly done. That's a good way to put it. There was a lot of like momentum and purpose to how people were moving. Like. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, creative use of the landscape and, uh, but not, not the way that she did it so much in the original series, but just, you know, uh, especially with Katra, she had a really, there was a lot of elegance to her movement. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed watching her bounce around. Um, and we, and we have glimmer with her teleportation, which is really fun to watch. And even like small details, like in the episode where they find Entrapta in her castle and Bo is fighting off the robots with the kitchen staff. Um, the kitchen staff, who none of whom are magical, like Bo, when he says, hey, I don't have magic powers either and I'm still fighting. They all fight with kitchen equipment. Mm-hmm. So they're like hucking rolling pins and squirting frosting and um, really creative ways to dispatch it's like the robots. Jackie Chan or something. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was super fun to watch, and I was so surprised how much I enjoyed the fighting and the action. So and that's you, my and, answer. And I remember you talking too about how you liked how um, the battles pulled a lot from video games, where they were like the princesses were doing combos together. Oh, I want to play this game. 
I want to play this that game. That was cool how they'd interact. It was neat how they set each other up. It was cool. Yeah, especially at the, the very last battle, obviously, mm -hmm. which was amazing. And, you know, when all hope was lost, here comes the princess cavalry. And then <laughs> you, you got Frosta, like, whipping ice. And then, you know, Perfuma's flinging vines and wrapping people up. It was great. <laughs> I love it. I would say uh, the, thing, the, the thing that I was uh, most surprised about was how, gr what a great job they did uh, reforming uh, Glimmer's character. Um, <laughs> yeah. Glimmer yeah. is, you might make a case that she's like a protagonist of the series. Like she's got, she's got uh, the thing to prove and she's the one who's really in charge of putting the rebellion together, even if she's not the, the main muscle. And, you know, her whole thing is that she's, you know, impetuous and trying to prove something to her, her uh, mother and her powers are great. And she's bouncing around and um, having, having, and you learn that, you know, her, her the late King, her father was sort of the same as her. And, um, they just did a great job with her. She was so funny and interesting. Yeah, they, they made her impetuous in the right way. And mm -hmm. like Glimmer of the first series, who was very, very <laughs> annoying. <laughs> she was brave, <laughs> Im impetuous. And, You're like, yeah. how did she become leader of the rebellion? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Glimmer was actually pretty powerful in this one. In fact, they were really clever about uh, thinking of creative ways that people couldn't just... Um, uh, dunk on the horde with all their powers all the time. And it was my one chance to prove that I can do this. But she acts like I can't do anything because I'm just a princess. <laughs> so it's got something surprised uh, you? Uh, something surprised me. Um, uh, what was I just thinking? Uh, it was... Um... Well, Scott got a Shadow Weaver mind wipe. If we need to return, we can. His microphone's falling down. Something oh, happened. Gosh. Something happened. Ooh. He got cursed. Ooh. Been... Nothing surprised Scott. He uh, did research. Nothing surprised Scott. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, the unexpected thing was most of the, the mostly the uh, the character development stuff, like like especially like Seahawk, that was completely unexpected. I loved it. The way she treated it, it was it was really well done. Um, some of the other people like um just just giving giving new life to older characters especially like scorpio scorpia and uh i mean rebooting catra was good shadow weaver was on par hordak was on par i was kind of surprised at how little hordak was in it uh -huh. but yeah. how impactful he was yeah, yeah because of totally. it because yeah, of a good it. point yeah, yeah. I, and it, it was it was weird. I um, yeah, he really didn't have a lot of scenes, but he was very memorable when he was there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, you know, which I did like. I mean, it was a completely different route from our original Hordak, and I do have a lot of love for original Hordak and how he was just middle manager with a bad attitude, which I thought was hilarious. But no, the Hordak in this series, he's fantastic. I thought a lot about that, and I feel like that's one of those things you just have to you just have to fondly appreciate and accept that this Hordak works better for this story, even though we'll, we'll have a soft spot. It'll, it'll just be something special about the old series. Yeah, yeah. Lord Hordak, I don't understand. Katra and Entrapta have been working on a way to meld this strange First Ones tech with our machines to weaponize it. I found out and was intrigued. Before we get into yeah. the favorites, oh. I was going to say... Can we say something that we want to see in the next season? Oh, yeah. Season? Sure, sure. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Did you, oh, oh, did did you think you of want, one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I got to think of mine. I, I, I want to see uh, an Optimus Prime. <laughs> Horde Prime. <laughs> What's a Horde, Prime? Horde Prime? I want to see Horde Prime. I want to see Horde Prime and Optimus Prime. And obviously, I, I mentioned before, I, I, want to see, I want to see Shadow Weaver come back and be, Definitely be, a, be a full that. power. Yeah. And I think that's about it. I, I, I would like to also see some of the other, some of the other characters, you know, um, even um, like May Antenna coming back in or, so, or so, so, something like <laughs> yeah. that. Because I, I was kind of surprised he wasn't in the background or anything um, with this one. What? The little boy in me wants to see He-Man uh, coming <laughs> to this. But I know, I know that it's probably not right until it's right right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. for storylines um i thought something i thought 
something similar. I I would have also I want I want to see Loki, more. Um, I got it. I want to see <laughs> I want to see more uh, monstrous horde horde members. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that would be that would be pretty interesting. I mean, they can humanize them though. I, I think they do a great job with with the ones they had. Um, but like story wise and substance wise. Maybe this isn't a good decision. Maybe you shouldn't make decisions around what I like. But personally, I really like the heavy lore things. Not that it's just like a dry list of things, but I think there's a lot of story you could get out of the lineage of Shiras. And I'm really interested in the Shira right before um, Adora. Madame Raz. Yeah, with Madame Raz and Mara, Mara and that sort of thing. Yeah. And it was kind of neat because when the the few glimpses we saw of Mara, she was kind of wearing like a grown up version of what Adora's wearing. You know, like she had the full pants and like sort of uh, like a more warriory looking and, and stuff. And they toyed with some of the stuff we know from like the extended continuity you see with like the. Uh, new action figure stuff. They mentioned like some planet the first one's got stranded on called like Desperados or something. And I know in the extended continuity, she returned into some bad guy for a little bit named Despera or something. So anyway, I just want to see all that. I think there's a lot of meat to squeeze out of that. I want to see it. Mara? Madame Raz's Mara? What happened to her? Mara was the last She-Ra before you. Madame Raz, I don't... I I enjoyed her in that episode a lot. Yeah, like, me too. She was and fun. I'm, I'm glad that they... I'm glad that's where they went with it, and she's talking to the broom and everything. Uh, it was just, it was, it was really it was a good way to handle it. They did get yeah. some good rehab with the Madame Raz character because she was only in there a short while, and she was kind of like visually, she looked like Lupita Nyong'o's character in the new Star Wars films. Yeah. But then in behavior, she was very much like Yoda Hello, on Dagobah. Hello, I can't say that right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she was, she was enjoyable. Yeah. My thing that I would like to see. Uh, that's a great character, like um, fake fake crazy wise person oh, yeah. that's great like oh, mr yeah. miyagi like it's great yeah yeah that is that is a good she had some mr miyagi going on <laughs> what i would like to see he gave daniel that truck he's a nice man of course he's I a nice mr. man miyagi. i love mr miyagi it's well established that mr miyagi is a nice man <laughs> definitely <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a good man <laughs> Uh, um, what I would like to see is more in different princesses, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, obviously. I just think that'd be fun. And then I'd like to see them get more into recruiting villages in the yes, rebellion. Yes, yes, yes. Because that is something that... I want see more normal people. I, I did like the small lesson that they threw in the, in the one episode where, where Bo tells, you know, the kitchen staff in, in Trapta's castle, like, you don't have to be magical to fight. Like, yeah. you, you know, you... Anybody can fight, and anybody can be brave, and I think that that's a, an important lesson. They'll have to explore for that, and they'll have to explore that. But I, I and also I like I want more dudes. Mm-hmm. We need some more dudes. So you know we need you know some more dudes in the rebellion. I guess I want to see mock the woodcutter. <laughs> hey, don't take my character. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. So, yeah, he he could be a good villager. I want to see a beach, and I want them to be wearing like the actual like what they wore. Oh, like, in their yeah, those are their swimsuits. Like, like, like to make fun Filmation of Filmation normal clothes are bathing suits. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. A great idea. Uh, yeah, and then his bad little boys are running up and down yeah. like throwing shells at seagulls or something. They would do that, yeah. and then lying about it. Yeah. So that's so that's good. Yeah, what we wanted to see. All right. So favorite episode. I really liked uh, the beacon. This is the one I think where uh, Adora and Catra get trapped inside the old first one's temple, and the temple makes them explore all these simulations from their uh, past, and, and you get to see one. what it was like for Catra and Adora growing up together uh, in the in the horde. And it wasn't all bad times, but you you sort of see how they got formed into who they were. And like Rebecca was saying, it added so much more poignance and richness to any sort of interaction they had even when they just sort of had a standoff and met each other i mean it, it was such that when catcher was came on the screen there was a lot of presence and you just sort of like held your breath like this isn't going to be good uh, but you also really wanted to see her so it was it was great I, I love that oh yeah yeah fantastic um my favorite episode was i think it was called in the shadow of mystic core uh-huh. uh episode seven was the number of it and I think that was the episode where I really realized, okay, this is like, you know, they had they, they had a couple of, not one-offs, but a couple of more casual episodes at the beginning to kind of get you eased into it. But by episode seven, it was clear they were not playing. And that's the one where um, 
they're in Mysticor and uh, Adora is seeing Shadow Weaver everywhere and they have the big uh, destructive confrontation in the, you know, like crystal artifacts room of uh, Castispellas. And uh, it was so good and that was when I really realized, okay, here's, you know, this is like emotionally heavy hitting. This is not just a cartoon. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think for that reason, then that was probably my favorite. That was a great one. You know deep down what I say is true. You are the ambitious, cutthroat, ruthless warrior I raised you to be. No. I, I really enjoyed the the Princess Prom one. Uh huh. Yeah, that um, was a that great was one. Clever. Just, yeah. just just like the struggle between um, Adora and Catra in there, and then also the struggle between Bo and um, Glimmer in there also. Yeah, that was the, really the, good. The Glimmer having issues with him moving. Uh, being with somebody else and stuff like that and her dealing with her emotions of liking him, I think. Um, they don't really touch on that that much, but I think that she she felt like she was losing him and, and then kind of Bo addresses it in a in a very good way. Like, yeah, you're, the normal, you're being mature, ridiculous. not annoying way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're yeah. being like ridiculous. Stop it. And they, and they ex- explore that without getting into like an annoying love triangle sort of thing. It was yeah. really good. And it was like, it was basically like a friendship thing. It's like, I can still be your friend with, with also if I want to be you know, going out with her too. It's not. They say know, all like, the things you'd be yelling at the screen to any other show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 and then the the whole thing with get with you know Shira overdoing the capture thing and all that stuff. So it was it was good. And there was a lot of funny stuff in there with with Frosta and stuff like that. And, and her not realizing she was like twelve and you know that was like, a good gag too. Yeah, yeah. I did like yeah. that. That was great. It reminded me of the uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, where, yeah. Mm-hmm. The the what's her the bear. Is a bear princess? So whatever, and she was like, she was like ten or something like that, or twelve or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was young. Yeah, it was good. Cool. Okay, hot take. Favorite character? I like Entrapta. Uh, you know, her look was great. I mean, she had that really cool like uh, outfit that had a little bit of a little like an oil stain on it or something. She had the creepy welding mask, but she also had like the <laughs> real cutesy sweet. Uh, disposition, uh, and then she her prehensile hair was awesome. Prehensile hair, we have literally talked about on the show how it's a feature and an asset, and how it's an awesome thing. We were talking about like Medusa or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. We were talking about the sea witch or something. But yeah, I remember expressing uh, did, did you guys a desire. Watch ben Ten. Mm-mm. No, there's a, there's a bad character in there. She has prehensile hair. hair. She was, she, yeah, she was. She was great. Uh, and I, I love how she, she she's like a good person but she is totally preoccupied she's her alignment is knowledge her morality is knowledge and that's and that's what she's aligning herself with and then Katra exploits that to um you know convince her that she's too weird and different from other people and lures her over with the uh uh horde tech and that sort of thing and it, she was just a fascinating character it, it was it was uh I don't know. Maybe that's the Aquarius in me. <laughs> that is such an Aquarian answer. No, she she was great. I did love her. And I loved all the hair animations that they did with her, too. Her hair had a personality that was like, her hands are always busy. Her mind is always busy. Her hair is always busy. Yeah. Her, a, she, I, sh- I should have went first. <laughs> so I have to say. Oh, was Entrapta your no, answer, I, too? Well, I was, the only uh, other yeah. thing I was going to add is the reason I'm always sympathetic to characters like that and even robots is because I feel like whatever uh, um, emotional place they get to is something that's earned. It didn't come to them naturally, like Data from Star Trek. So I found her story very moving. So I liked yeah. her a lot. Yeah, no, she was good. My hot take was Mermista, just because mm-hmm. she was just she was a lot of fun, and I enjoy you know the actor, and I enjoy the you know the sarcasm, and um, she was particularly fun when they infiltrated the fright zone, and she had to go in the sewer um, to get there. That was a great bit. That was really funny. Mermista will access the Fright Zone sewer system. She'll swim through the pipes into the building and open the door. I'm sorry, Mermista will what? She, she was, and she was fantastic. I guess a close second for me would be Scorpia, because I also just enjoyed what they did with her. Like, she was just a very frank and jolly... Yeah, that's a good way to put it. ...fun, 
you know, uh, good-natured, which is great for the Horde, too, because, you know, like, they're not necessarily evil. They just are there, and they don't see what's wrong with what they're doing. (laughs) Are you guys Um, talking about me? (laughs) All right. And I think they fleshed her out really well. Yeah, they did, too. I I enjoyed Scorpio a lot, too. Those are my hot takes. That would be them. Scott, you wanted to go first, but you were third, so. (laughs) It's all right. I can dodge and weave, I guess. And by that, I mean... Shadow Weaver, I think, was one of the best characters, I think, in there for even how little she was in it. You know, she wasn't in it that much, but she had great impact on a lot of the main characters. And then um, on the good side, I would say, uh, I, you know, go out and say Bo, just because it, it was, it's a complete, complete different character than what it was originally. Uh-huh. And, you know, just just being very endearing and a good friend and, you know, just stuff like that. I think it's a good, uh, you know, kids are watching. It's a good role model and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I I thought, I I was going to say, and I was really impressed with that voice actor. I think he just nailed it. He was so good. Yeah. He, he really, he, that was a good character. I mean, I did enjoy all of Mm -hmm. them. Uh, If Bo in the original series, you would always suspect that he was in the rebellion so he could show off. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Bo in the, in the reboot is um, very others oriented. And, you know, that does make him a better team member, but then it doesn't make him boring, you know. He, uh, yeah, he, he was really he was really well done. I enjoyed him mm-hmm. a lot too. All right, and then f- just final favorite, just favorite minor detail that we haven't like it's mentioned. Just like a quick yet. quick thing. Yeah, or like a small thing we haven't mentioned, but like your favorite just little detail. I, I was going to say I really like the very small appearances we saw from Imp, Me who, too. who still looks cute but creepy cute. He 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 would scuttle around on walls and ceilings, and he was like a spy. And he had at one point he played back a recording to Hordak by just hanging his mouth open. Oh, and it that was, was so ghastly, like a Korean water ghost boy. Yeah, it was so cool. I, <laughs> it was I loved awesome. it. I yeah, did enjoy that. That's why I thought he was a robot. Yeah, like, I think he yeah, might have been. I think he was like yeah. Horde Tech or something. It's yeah, cool. Yeah. What do you what do you think, uh, somebody Scott? Uh, my my small detail was when they're in the weapons room, and uh, Swiftwind is like poking at Shira. <laughs> oh yeah, and the he's mace. like and he's like look over there, look at the mace, <laughs> and she's like no, it's not happening. And, he was like, and then he was sad. <laughs> that was funny. I like that a lot. I would have liked to have seen the mace too. That was yeah, that was really funny. Yeah. And then, well, besides M, because that was actually going to be mine. But then oh, I, fun. But then I remembered another one. Okay. Um, maybe my favorite moment of the series was right after Shadow Weaver has just taken credit for something Catra has done. This is at the same time that the Rebels have infiltrated the Fright Zone to rescue Glimmer. They're trying to leave, and Catra, in her anger... Brings Shira, brings Adora the the sword, and oh, she yeah. comes walking down the corridor, scratching the sword along the oh, wall. Oh yeah, that was cool. Just with venom in her eyes. I mean, it was it was great. I loved that moment. I loved her decision. I loved how complicated it all was. Yeah, that's all great. of the reasons she decided to do it. It was good. And then, like, I think. I said out loud, I was like, oh, that's good. Like, when it mm-hmm. happened, I was like, man, that was a good moment. That was really good. That's a good show. Ha! <laughs> so, with that, overall last impressions, recommendations, yay, nay, any, anything we need to say to people who may not be convinced to watch the show, I would say lore was super solid. It was explained well. Everything was woven in um, really naturally in the story. I enjoyed it way more than I thought it would. And freaking watch it. It's good. Uh, they, they tied it a little bit back to Grayskull and stuff like that and to um, Eternia. But they did a good job of the lore and everything else and bringing it back to like the She-Ra's and like with the, with the first world tech and all that stuff. I thought it was very, very good. And I talked a little bit earlier about uh, the the depth of it uh, of the of the lore uh, too, and I feel like that was one of the things that made it so interesting because it wasn't just at face value what's happening at the story, but it's all these little corners of that world that they keep hinting at. You know, there's so much depth, and and uh, it just it just makes everything resonate so much more. And you know, there's so much more story there, and and there's like so much age and history and theory, and it just made it really. Interesting. All the reasons you would like a good sci-fi story, a good sci-fi video game or, or book. It, it, it was great. It really was. We're gonna win in the end. We must 
Well, that's our show for today. And next time, when you see us uh, in, a, in a few weeks, we're going to be hitting some of those classic Motu episodes that we may have covered in lightning rounds, but we want to explore more in depth. And you got to just hang on to us on social media. We'll let you know when that's going to be. It's not going to be like tomorrow. But, you know, it's also not going to be like six months from now either. Yeah, we're going to try to keep it with some, some pretty good uh, pacing and frequency. And then just generally, we'll form it up. But long term, yes, we're thinking of a more uh, consistent schedule like we used to. We're just not qu- haven't quite landed on what the next uh, thing we're going to get into is. But we've been putting around... With, bandying around some ideas we feel pretty good about and we'll, we'll, we'll let you know as we firm that up. And Will doesn't want to go his life for editing either. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we know we're not going to talk anymore organized, so there's going to be some editing. Ain't happening. If you'd like to follow along. And then you can figure that out. And if you'd like to follow along with the show, you can find our episode guide at thewizardsnightshirt.com. If you have questions or comments for us to discuss, you can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and subscribe to the show on iTunes, or you can tell your house robot to play the Wizards Nightshirt podcast. And also, I'm on Star Trek Online, and you can look for Lurk Bracken, and we can team up. It'll be fun. Lurk Bracken? Seriously? Yeah. All right. He's a Gorn. He didn't even tell me about this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I helped come up with a name. (laughs) Well, we want to thank you for listening. And please remember that if you can't find Lookie in the show, you can always look for him in your heart. (laughs) Okay. I didn't think it was possible, but your beauty grows greater with each passing day. Will you quit it? I am trying to talk to my new friend, Twinkle. Butler, can you bring us some hors d'oeuvres? Ooh, hors d'oeuvres. For everyone but Seahawk.